Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Bang Bang Podcast. This is episode 128. My name is Andy, and uh, I'll be your host this week and most Mondays, aiming to guide you through a sea of bollocks and chit chat and wiffle waffle. And I keep forgetting actually that there's new people listening to the show, so I just assume that people listen to the show have always listened to it. So I don't really need to explain what we're doing here, but um, it's a it's kind of a bit of a chat about wrestling this show and we normally talk about a wrestling event which happened this week in history um and i'm joined by a different guest most shows if you go back to the beginning of this podcast it's me and my mate steve for the first 50 episodes and those shows are quite different you, you may notice uh, they're a bit more rough around the edges it was two of us um shouting at each other really in, in a dingy flat um whilst getting drunk and trading insults so there's a slight tone change from episode 50 onwards um by the chat with me the other day so I'm, the plan is to do this current series up to sort of summer autumn uh, school holidays time and then come back after after the school holidays with the next series and Steve is tentatively talking about coming back every other week to have a chat but last time I said that he never came back at all so let's not shh don't tell anybody keep it quiet and he's also talking about coming back to Twitter as well which is even more terrifying uh but yeah so yeah every week we're we're here every Monday for the next few weeks anyway talking about an an event from wrestling history which took place this week a big thank you to uh Dream Kid for allowing us to use some of his music to start the show off the intro uh, he released uh, his single Streetlights last week. Um, I, I'm into that. I'm a big 80s synth man, so he's great. Actually, on Twitter today, I saw he's, he's done a, like a cover version of the um, theme for the original Terminator film, which is one of my favourite films. And I don't care what anyone says. That's better. People wank on about Terminator 2, and I, I prefer the original. Scary the original. Terminator 2 is like a fucking kids' film. Um, but yeah, so yeah, go and check Drink It Out. Um, our artwork is done by the, the the wizard of Photoshop, as he's now, I think I christened him that, but he's going by that moniker now, I think. Um, Sean um, at Pig's Bladders. Uh, he does all the, the, the work for the show, the Photoshop stuff. It's amazing about people who I just uh, do stuff for a favour for me. <laughs> so it's quite, uh, yeah, so um, he's, he's great. Go and check his stuff out. Um, yeah, last week was a, was, a, was a fun show. Me and Stephen Graham, who's um, he's probably one of the funniest, most amusing blokes on Twitter, if there's, there's any left. Um, he's normally we we both watch Top of the Pops avidly on Friday nights, and he normally comments on that quite a lot. And he's uh, it's 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 funny when you find people that are genuinely quite intelligent and are also interested in wrestling. It's kind of a it's, it's a unique. I mean, he's very sensible, extremely sensible, and he also likes Skinner and things like that. So um, he's a good uh, a great guy though, top bloke. And yeah, we covered. Um, Saturday night's main event from 1989, actually, which is only the week before this event. So we've actually gone uh, week to week this time, which we don't do that very often. So yeah, we looked at that, and that was around the time of No Holds Barred being released. It was Zeus and Hogan and lots of bonkers stuff going on there. And that classic match, probably one of my favorite matches of all time, the um, Hogan Big Boss Man cage match. And I shared some artwork on the show, on, on the Twitter account a few weeks ago from Hal Haney, who does incredible artwork wrestling related and, and he, he's done like a comic cover of that Saturday night's main event with the Hogan boss man going to I mean that was incredible um yeah so that was it and each week we update the bang bang playlist on Spotify uh so songs which we talk about on the show and we normally do top tens on the show so 
it's normally stuff I like. Wait, I mean, it is stuff I like because I put it on there. So I'm not trying to pretend anything else. So it's a mix of wrestling tunes and good music, which I like. And, you know, you can go on there and judge me. And the, the, there's a nice picture of Fred Elliott as well on the uh, as a cover for that Spotify playlist. But I don't think there's any other Spotify playlist with Fred Elliott involved. Um, yeah. And if you want to get in touch with the show, I forget. I've got, I've got an email address. I can't remember what it is, actually. So don't worry about that. I think it's Bang Bang Podcast 69. For some reason, I didn't ask for that. That's what they give me at gmail.com. So if you want to, I mean, I'm not sure why you want to email me. I could get my private email address, actually, if you really want to email me. But but no, if you want to, you know, you can get in contact with the show, Twitter, DMs. Uh, there is a Facebook page, which I've not updated in about two years. So don't really, you know, I still get notifications when people will like it. But, um, but yeah, you want to get in contact with the show. <laughs> Again, I don't really know why you want to, but it's there if you want to. This week, right, so I'm joined by, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had um, Mags one half of chain wrestling a man who once carried the moniker of the the hardest working man in podcasting uh he's passed that moniker on now to uh to our guest this week it's the um uh the boss of the sjp podcasting network (laughs) the sexiest man in gloucestershire uh there was a a poll in the gloucestershire evening news a few weeks ago and he came out as uh come out as a winner um, second, I can't remember who came second. I think it was one of the Wurzels. No, that was Wurzels of Somerset. So, um, it's Saifal. Good evening. Good evening. It's not even evening. I'm, a spoiler: we're recording this on a Friday lunchtime. I'm in my pajamas. So, but hello. Good morning. Hello. How you doing? All right. Not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll, I'll take sexiest man in Gloucester. The hair gets that. The hair and I. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, the boss of SJP Media Network, no. I, I hate it when people start. The, the lads all wind me up calling me the boss. And <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, yeah, just stop it. <laughs> I think last time you were on the main show was, um, you were just, just about to, to launch it. Okay. Um, so round about, I mean, probably uh, not quite a year ago, but. No, 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 not uh, quite a year. I think it's like nine months, 10 months, something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I should yeah, probably so know how, stuff like that, really. You should know. I was going to ask you, how many how many shows have you got on the network? Oh, uh, um. <laughs> Oh, crikey. Uh, 10, 11, 10. maybe. Okay. Not all of them. Not all of them are weekly. Some of them are, you know, fortnightly. There's uh, one or two that are monthly, but most of them are, well, I'd say half at least are, are weekly shows. Yeah. And they don't all feature me. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you're kind of living the dream, really, because I mean, I still live in the dream because I imagine it's fucking hard work. It's hard work doing one. But um, I've got so many different. I, I, again, it's, the list is quite well known of the, the shows i'd like to do podcasts about right but it's just having the time and the yeah you know yeah I'm, I'm i'm very very fortunate in that uh my kids are all a bit older now my youngest is yeah. is 13 so they can all look after themselves effectively and i only work a certain number of hours a week and that's kind of financially okay for us at the moment i mean that may change you know the cost of everything's going up all the time but mm. so yeah i do, I do I'm, I'm quite fortunate as well in that the wife doesn't want to spend time with me very much <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm freed up to just talk wrestling and other crap with other people. So, yeah, yeah. If if there was, I'm going to put you on the spot again now. Okay. If, there, if there is one show on the network in particular you'd recommend people check out, I know you're not going to pick one of your own because, <laughs> because you're not. A, you're. A, but yeah, what, what would you what would you recommend to the listeners? Um, I, I'd have to go something wrestling based, seeing as this is a wrestling podcast here. And that's yeah. the sort of that's the target audience, I guess, isn't it? Well, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think Benny, uh, Benny Mac does a brilliant job with uh, In the Corner. Yeah, it, it comes out um, every week, sometimes twice a week. 
and he reviews Raw and SmackDown, um, you know, the modern day product. And, and I love that show a great deal. First of all, because Benny's bloody brilliant. But secondly, yeah, is, yeah. it means if I listen to that, I've not got to actually watch it myself. Yeah. So he, he, Monday Night Raw's three hours long. It's far too fucking long, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Benny will break it down into what's worth talking about, sometimes in half an hour, sometimes an hour. And then um, other occasions you'll have uh, Tyler Peters from the States on, and they'll look at SmackDown and the pay-per-views and so on as well. So, yeah, that show I, I really, really enjoy. But there's loads of great stuff on there. It, it depends what you're after. It depends what you're mm. after. I mean, nostalgia standpoint, wrestling-wise, I'm a big fan of Nitro Nights. But that's one of my own shows. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, though. So, yeah. I enjoyed the NXT. Um, yes. The Joshua, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I, I think that was a different, a different look at things because of uh, Joshua's own... I suppose experiences in wrestling. He he started off as a manager on, on like local shows, ended up getting in the ring and he's done, you know, refereeing and he's done all, he's done all sorts of stuff, worked for various different companies. And he's been part of a faction, part of a tag team, a singles guy, a, a face, a heel and, and all this sort of great stuff. But he's had a few health issues, which uh, sort of put pay to that show for a while. Uh, yeah. It's funny you mentioned it. Actually, we, we were exchanging messages literally just last night. Okay. And he's he's heading back to work soon for the first time in a long time, which is a great step for him. I, I won't go into the details of what's been going yeah, on, course, but yeah. yeah, but it's a great step for him. It's a a step in the right direction for you know. It's been months and months. He's he's been quite badly ill, so mm. yeah. Hopefully one day that will return. It is more yeah. a case of long term hiatus than not happening anymore. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, again, yeah. it's, I was looking at stuff that I'd not seen before as well, which is sometimes a bit tricky. So, yeah, that, that was good. And he, he was always great to have a chat to, so. Yeah, yeah. We'll pass my best wishes to him anyway. Hopefully he's uh, I will do. on the way back. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so, yeah, normally at this point we would do the um, do the top ten. But as I said, we're literally covering the week after the last show we covered. So the top ten would be the same. So um, I've knocked it on the head this week, top ten-wise. But don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. I can see people now switching off and saying, <laughs> well, we don't even listen anymore because that is the we're, highlight of most people's. Uh, we're only here for top of the pops. <laughs> we're only here for top of the pops. Yeah, uh, Stephen Graham. So well, I actually knows what the top ten was because I spoke to him about it last week, so he's probably switched off already. Um, but instead, we're going to play a little game, which okay. uh, I told. <laughs> Normally, when I play little games on this show, yeah, things go drastically wrong. So, um, but Cy Powell is, uh, as well as being one of the hardest working men in podcasting, he's also a bit of a uh, metal aficionado, I would say. I, I, I like what I like. Put it yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've got a broad musical taste, but yeah, okay. So, um, we're going to play a game of, uh, I was having a, uh, a chat with a friend of mine a few weeks ago about um, bands and band names and that sort of thing. So I've got, and you, the, the, the boys and girls at home can play along with this. I'm going to reveal the answers at the end of the show. So I've got six band names and I want Cy to pick out the real band names and the and the fake band names. So I mean, you might have heard right. some of these bands. Okay. So, okay. So boys and girls at home, if you get your pen and papers ready as well. Okay. I'll give you a few, a few seconds to get ready. Um, Actually, it's not a test, is it? Right. Uh, you're gonna have, uh, yeah. Uh, I should be going around to check, make sure you're not copying as well. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the first band is a band called Aborted Hitlercock. <laughs> uh, okay. And you want me just to write true or false? Yeah. You don't, don't tell me yet. We'll, we'll, we'll reveal the answer at the end. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's band number one. Um, band number two is Scrotum Grinder. <laughs> 
These okay. aren't these aren't films I've got downstairs. These are uh, these are band names. <laughs> yeah, like uh, DIY movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, band number three is Nest of Evil. Right. Nest of Evil at home. It's like a bingo card. You can, if you've got Nest of Evil on your uh, bingo card, you can you can tick it off. Um, number four, uh, the first person to see an elephant. The first person to see an elephant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll probably, to be fair, if we're drinking, I'll probably forget this by the end of the show. But, <laughs> um, number five, um, Evil Edna's Horror Toilets. Evil Edna's Horror Toilets. I hope they're all real. <laughs> <laughs> and number six is Couch Slut. Couch Slut. You've definitely got a film call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying anything. I actually don't. And I mean, this is—I don't think I've ever actually my <laughs> my uh, experience of pornography is very is very limited. So I have close to a cycle track, and this is this is I think this is an aces thing. So you, I can remember like in the eighties, so like the Bristol and Bath cycle track now is really well looked after and maintained. In the eighties, it was just a dumping ground for stuff, basically. And quite often you'd find like porno mags dumped in forests or in. Oh yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen yeah. anymore. Does it? My parents had an allotment, and yeah. where, where the allotments were, there was a path. Yeah. The other side of the path was just overgrown mess. I think it's probably been flattened and turned into I don't know factories or something now. But yeah, yeah there was all, there was always you know there was always a filthy mag dotted around there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why a. <laughs> why that was happening then and b why it doesn't happen anymore i suppose i suppose these days people can access pornography from yeah to buy magazines do you no that's it no that's it. no dying industry my friend it's a dying industry right moving on from <laughs> not, moving on from the the collapse of the pornography industry um so yeah so we'll, remind me at the end of the show because i'll probably forget and we'll, i'll give you the answers to those um to those to those band names and if they're real or not right last week on the show uh, another newish segment is the youtube clip and the comments so um stephen graham last week suggested we go and have a look at the uh of david iquette winning the wcw title um which some people have down as like the the downfall of civilization almost and then yeah. um other people aren't so uh aren't so upset about it so uh um i'm just having a look now i've got a clip from someone called rob from huddersfield he says it was the uh, the best thing to ever happen to wrestling, and ratings went up weeks after. And he's got a spreadsheet to uh, to prove that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah, that was from Rob on the YouTube comments. Um, someone's put uh, this was the final nail in the coffin for WCW. That wasn't from Rob. Um, the beginning of the end for WCW. Again, a lot of people are like, this is the. But I think there's a lot of stuff leading up to this, which probably oh, paid yeah. a part in things fucking up. Um, this is the worst moment since RoboCop. Uh, which, <laughs> I mean, that's harsh. Uh, you got the um, what a true shame to rest in. You mean to tell me men like Mr. Perfect, the big boss man Jericho, and others who worked their ass off for WCW didn't get to hold a world title period? And this comes in, and this guy comes in and wins it all. What a shame! I mean, Mr. Perfect didn't, didn't do too much in WCW, did he? That was a bit of a a bit of a stretch. He knocked about in, in a country band with Barry Windham. That was enough. He did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's put, this man wrestled Courtney Cox for 14 years. He's the greatest man on earth. <laughs> so, uh, this is a comment from six years ago. 
Well, imagine if history repeats itself, if James Ellsworth wins the WWE Championship, at least the only difference is that Ellsworth is a good wrestler. Um, and was he? Yeah. Wasn't he just famous for like not having a chin and then turned out to be a bit of a wrong one? He was a bit of a wrong one, wasn't he? Yeah. He was famous because of that um, Jericho, list of Jericho thing, wasn't it? Uh, right. Someone's like a child in the ring and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What are you looking at, Chin Smoke Man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, so, I mean, he lost to Islam in a triple cage, turned on DDP in line with Jarrett. Yeah. In my opinion, had they made Arquette defend the belt the week after against Shockmaster, then they might have just got back on top of the uh, ratings war. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some fucking idiots on YouTube, aren't there? Yes, 100%. There are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm on there for a start. I was going to say, go and check out. <laughs> Go and check out Chain Wrestling every every Monday on uh, on Wrestling. One of the worst things about Arquette winning the title wasn't necessarily mm. that happening. It was what happened afterwards when he, he was given a microphone on Nitro and he was yeah. stood in the stood in the ring with like I think Bischoff and Russo was there and so on. And he did the whole boss up thing from the Budweiser advert. Yeah. And I was still also telling people to shut up in the same way, sticking his tongue yeah. out. And I find that more cringe than him actually winning the championship itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not the best, but I mean, I mean, obviously now he's a, a wrestling icon. Yeah, yeah. David Arquette. Have you seen so. the movie? The not the not Ready to Rumble. The um. Spiders from what was that? Yeah. Eight-legged freaks. Yeah, um, no, that, uh, you, is it? You can't kill David Arquette. It's called. Have you seen yeah. that? No, no. But that's well worth checking out. That's very, very good. Is it yeah. better than No Holds Barred? Uh, maybe. 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 Not enough Zeus, but maybe. No, no, no. Well, now is is your turn to request a clip for me to half us look at next week. Uh, si, have you? Uh, what have you come I up with? I have. I have. I I thought we keep with the WCW theme and that kind mm. of era as well. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, initially, it's funny talking about Zeus and so on. Zeus turning up on the WWF was one of the options I looked at being 1989 okay. and trying to link it to yeah. this show being 1989 and so on yeah. um, when I looked at the comments it was literally just about 300 people saying rest in peace and I thought well that doesn't make for a, a good show does it not really no nah. okay. so I thought I'll skip over that uh, but I thought we'd stick to similar shoddy world title wins and well this one actually giving up the championship and I thought what about when Vince Russo forfeits the WCW title okay wow god because yeah. everyone bangs on about him winning it he yeah. never lost it he gave it up yeah. So he was an undefeated World Heavyweight Champion. Again, we covered first episode of the series was me and Rob doing um, Spring Stampede from 2000, and it was like the week before when he did the um, the whole reboot thing, and yes, like he was like, yeah, there's some some sh- shoots of optimism there, but yeah, yeah, not a good. It, time. it didn't last for long, did it? No. no, no, no. Cool, that's good. I mean, when Mags came on, Mags ha- handily. Suggested I look at Jericho's debut in WWF, which had I think about fifteen thousand comments. Right. So, <laughs> I had to look at some bloke who just uploaded the video like off his TV because yeah. he had about like, ten comments on there. So, <laughs> but yeah. So right. So speaking of um, WCW NWA, we're we're head head back to nineteen eighty nine. So we're in the middle of the the Flair Steamboat trilogy period, aren't we? And yes. um, the previous pay-per-view was the Shytown Rumble, um, where Steamboat won the won the title. Yeah, that one, I can't remember. He won it and then defended it at the Clash of the Champions. Ah, yes, and then yeah, that's right, and then yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So that was um, yeah, Flair v. Steamboat in for the world title in the Road Warriors versus the Varsity Club. 
good old Varsity Club. Oh, I've never and, got my head around. No, no, no. And Lex Luger versus Barry Windham for the US title. Wait, Lex beats Barry Windham for the US mm. title. Barry fucks off after that. Um, but yeah, so prior to this, there was a Clash of the Champions in April, which they're obviously on free TV. And it was the same day as WrestleMania 5. Yes. Yeah. Which they, looking back, they held it in the Louisiana Superdome, which holds 75,000. <laughs> yeah. 70, and there was like six people there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But things like that, it's because apparently they only announced it about six weeks ahead. So just some decisions. I mean, it's always, it was always the way all the way through WCW and NWA. Some of the decisions just fucking mental, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, there was a certain arrogance to them as well, especially hmm. in the NWA days when you had like the NWA board of directors and they would, you know, join the territories and they would be voting for who they want to be champion and so on. There was this kind of arrogance to this, this stuffy men in suits sat smoking their cigars in these boardrooms and so on i mean everyone knows it's a work but they would act as though that what they were doing was real and this this level of arrogance led to some absolutely baffling decisions and eventually the downfall of of how the nwa was structured i guess yeah yeah so at this point jim Hurd was the the, the boss the boss man in wcw and dusty had obviously dusty was gone dusty was in wwf and they had the kind of booking committee didn't they there was yes that was, booking the shows which never been a <laughs> never kind of worked no no there's so I, I don't think there's any example of that working long term anywhere in the world maybe japan they had a booking committee in new japan for a while that was fairly successful i suppose but even then it still came down to one guy making the decisions at the end of it yeah it's, it's one of those things i mean i think back to the early days of the show when i had these conversations with steve about about AEW. And when you had, obviously, you've got people that are in senior positions involved in the, the running of the company mm. who are actually active wrestlers, then it gets tricky, doesn't it? Yeah, especially because... when those active wrestlers behave like children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, for, all the, for all of Vince's myriad of, of flaws, it's probably one of the main reasons WWF was successful. It was, it was basically down to one bloke. Yeah. And not. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I know it's kind of stating the obvious in a way, but he's the only successful wrestling promoter ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone else has either left the business or got out of business. Yeah. You know, inside X amount of years. And how long has he been? When did he buy the World Wrestling Federation from his dad? Was it 83, 82, yeah. something like that? And there we are, 2023, and he's still in charge and making more money than ever. So. Mm. With his moustache. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a look, isn't it? Eh? Well, I mean, we've all. Have you ever have you ever just sported a moustache before? I, I've shaved my beard off before. Yeah. And when I've done that, I do the taking it down to a goatee, then a tash. Everyone, the, everyone yeah, does that, just doesn't they? Step by yeah. step, yeah. And it, it depends how much I've drank that evening as to at which stage I stop and think that's the look for me until I wake up the following day and go, yeah. oh, what the fuck was I thinking? And then shave the rest off. You've never left the house like it. No. Oh, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. no. I, I'd do that. I, I've, I'll, I'll trim my beard down, and I might like the other, the other day I trimmed. It was really quite big, and I trimmed it and just left it as a kind of goatee. Just walk around the house for a bit to see how it, see how it went with the with, with the kids and the wife. Yeah. and it didn't last very long. I've got this. I, I've said this. Uh, I think it was on Chain Wrestling a little while ago. There is a picture floating around somewhere. I think the wife's got it. I'll, I'll get it off and post it on Twitter. Like of uh, my beard being quite long. And then I cut it all back and so on. And I had the handlebar tash, but where it was so long, I left the two long bits hanging down as well. 
Yeah. So it sort of went down past my collarbone. Just this, the, the handlebar Hogan Fu Manchu, whatever it's called. But it would just keep going off my face, down my chest as well. Yeah. So that looked absolutely ridiculous. But again, you know, <laughs> drunk with a razor, it's, you know, it's not a good mix. Well, it's funny because cause there was a good time where people just didn't. I mean, in the 80s, people had massages, didn't they? Yeah. You know, I think like I remember a policeman in the 80s. I think he was part of the uniform. He had to have a moustache. But yeah. like there was a period where like I think in the 90s, the moustache kind of and 2000s, the moustache vanished. And then I suppose in the 2010s, when you get like, you know, hipsters and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But obviously beards have made a bit of a comeback. But moustaches, I suppose. I mean, some people are like twirly moustaches, don't they? But not the, the no. 1920s villain moustache it's almost like vince mcmahon looked at all these accusations against him and thought ha think i'm a sex pest here i'll show you and the next time he turns up on camera he's got the sex pest facial hair yeah it looks like he's gone out for a night and tried to disguise himself as somebody else yeah <laughs> and then the moustache he drew on it was like permanent tucking in ink and he can't uh he can't get it off um because you can see like a glasses and a big nose that go yeah. with that Mustache, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, Sneaking around like how um, uh, Michael Hayes does his strat in this show. With that tash right. as well. Oh. Right, so Wrestle War nineteen eighty nine is a Music City showdown from Nashville. I like the um obviously the graphics at this time are uh, fantastic. But the little banjo with the uh, spikes and uh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't fit with the show at all, does it really? But why would not somebody's gimmick? That should have been given to a wrestler as their gimmick. Yeah, so they um five thousand people there in Nashville. So um Jim Ross and Bob Cordell, nine matches, they say five title matches. Uh I g- Jay, so when I, when I first started watching WA, the story on the show was for the 20,000th time when it used to be on like ITV late night. Jim Ross was the all I remember. Like, I remember two voices basically: Jim Ross and um, Gary Michael Capetta. Oh yeah, okay. Because there's two like obviously Jim Ross before his bells pausing and stuff. I, I, yeah. a, quite a high pitched voice at times, isn't he as well? Yeah, definitely. And then Gary oh, Michael Capetta yeah. is quite a recognisable ring announcer. Um, but I was quite, it, it kind of, it's like a sort of warm, comforting feeling when you see JR in, in, introducing that NWA. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've said so many times all, all over the place, Twitter, podcasts, etc. I bloody love Jim Ross. He was the voice of my childhood. He was, yeah. you know, he, because I watched so much wrestling as a kid. He was always the voice I would hear. Go, you know, you go back to '93 WWF, and then before that we were getting WCW and NWA TV. And, yeah, so it, it was almost like his voice was always the soundtrack to what I was listening to growing up. Yeah. So I love when he joined AEW. Okay, he makes mistakes and he gets in a bit of a flap and calls the wrong names and, and whatever. But when he joined AEW and we put the first few shows of that on with my daughter, yeah, hearing Jim Ross's voice again. It, it, like you said, it just it's just nice. It's just kind of what you're used to. It's like an old pair of slippers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think now he's, he should probably like. Yeah, I mean, he's not so good. But again, he's yeah. Yeah, his health issues. He's getting on. It's like well, but a bit like a, a lot of things with AW. Nobody will say to him like, actually, maybe you should. Yeah. It's kind of left to get on with it and just turn up every week. Rather um, than Taz. Oh, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind Do Taz. Not? I don't mind Taz. Um, I do prefer not watch AW for. Um, oh, you probably seen it more recently than I then. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you planning on going to to Wembley for the? Uh... It's the cost and that, and, and the fact that it's London. We were really hoping they were going to do like a mini tour because again, Charlie's obsessed with AEW, yeah. and we kept saying when they're coming over, we'll go. But even Charlie's looked at it, and 
she's a funny one, my youngest. She's the AEW crazy one in the house. She loves the idea of going to see a show, but yeah. doesn't like the idea of crowds. Yeah. So I'm kind of saying to her, well, it's not, we can't work it so it's just you. It does, that's not how life works. You yeah. Know? It's, <laughs> you've got to sort of take, take, and I know if she was there, the atmosphere she'd love, but yeah. we were watching the, uh, the FA Cup semi final the other day, and yeah. the AEW sign came around yeah, outside the pitch that. advertising and i said to charlie because she's you know downstairs with me i said that's where the AEW show is and she's like whoa that's huge and it's like well <laughs> yeah it is a stadium you know so are you planning on going or i don't know i mean it's one of those i think i, well, I should um have my dissertation in for uni um like the week before okay so it feels like an excuse to go and get drunk somewhere yeah it's one of those it's would be on sunday as well and a bank holiday yeah. It all sort of adds to the awkwardness of, um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't, again, it's not, I don't think it's going to sell out. Isn't it? <laughs> I'd yeah, be surprised. The, 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 I, need, I think they need, uh, I, I think we're so starved of I think it was proper well. high profile wrestling in this country. 60,000 probably. Yeah. But it, it, to me, it depends on what's on top because I, I yeah. think you're going to get, you're going to get the hardcore fans. You're going to get the AEW fans uh, and so on. But then what's on top, I think will attract wrestling fans. Like, for example, yeah. if punk is back, and yeah. Punk is working with another big name. Punk is a big draw for AEW. Yeah. That would that will bump their numbers up. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It'll, that you saying that as well. Sunday on the Bank Holiday weekend, I'm actually at a music festival that weekend as well. Oh yeah. So it's that thing of okay, do I the, fin- the festival finishes Sunday? Do I travel yeah. from where I am to London? Uh, rough as fuck, smelling, hanging out my ass. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll expect the call from you on the the Sunday morning saying, "Yeah, I changed my mind." Yeah. <laughs> can you come, can you come pick me up from Nottingham on your way through? Yeah. <laughs> Completely the wrong direction, but yeah. It was sort of a bit clash of the castle because when I remember when we booked tickets, it was like not really bothered because I mean, booked tickets probably the start of the year. Then as it got closer, actually, I think obviously things changed as well, sort of booking wise because Triple H came in, didn't he? Sort of SummerSlam right, yeah. time. So so as it got closer, it was like, well. Actually, we're quite looking forward to some of the matches. I mean, like you said many times, we are, I could have quite happily stayed in that pub in Cardiff. Yeah. So I've already gone to the show. Yeah, that was a good crack. Wasn't it? I was it approaching was... being battered by the time we left the pub. So, <laughs> um, so I think with these things, it'll be, as you get closer to it, it'll, you probably get a bit more. But like, it's not going to sell out. So I think if we all change our mind a bit closer to it and decide mm. to go, then I think there'll be scope to do that. But yeah. And maybe selling yeah. tickets much cheaper as well. Well, yeah, I just think it depends what they want to do. And if they want to sell it out, sell it out, then they're going to have to be creative, aren't they? With tickets and pricing and that sort of thing and giving it away and papering stuff. And um, But we'll see. We'll see. We've got a few months off for that. But Right, so back to uh, Nashville in 1989. So, as all these um, NWA shows, you have to have the Nashville anthem, don't we? <laughs> it's, uh, oh, my it's word. And uh, this time we've got the Oak Ridge Boys. You're finding the Oak Ridge Boys? I've never heard of these. Apparently, uh, Satan's Almighty Penis couldn't. Uh, couldn't <laughs> <make>. <laughs> they were the they were the support act. <laughs> yeah, well, they look like the Oak Ridge Boys. Like take a serial killer from five different states of America. Yeah. It's like a different different one. I mean, everybody yeah. in the eighties looked like a rapist or a serial killer, didn't they? But pretty much. I mean, that's that's um, a generalization, quite a stereotype. To yeah, me, but you're yeah. not far off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I say it's not. I mean, most males in the eighties look like. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of country music. No, I, I say that I got into a little bit of country more so in recent years. But it's what yeah. I, I suppose what you call a more modern sort of rock-based country. Like, um, 
I'm trying to think of a <laughs> I was going to say Nickelback. Bloody Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> um, well, not like Travis Denning and uh, okay. you know stuff like that. And, but that's more because I've seen them live and then thought, oh, that's really good. And end up just listening to a few songs at home as opposed to seeking it out, I guess. You look at these guys now, the Oak Ridge yeah. Boys. If you look at like previous members, go, go to their Wikipedia, look at their yeah. previous members. It, I, I think if we go down the list somewhere, you and I have both been a part of this band. There's so many people that have been in this band. It's ridiculous. Well, they had one, I think they mentioned on the show, they had one big song called Elvira. Uh, I'm just Googling it now. Elvira. is the lady with the black hair? Yeah, like the... Um, Mistress of the, the Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that song came out in... Uh, 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 I'm not sure where they came out. Elvira came out in 1966. All <laughs> ah, right, so WCW, their finger on the pulse as always. <laughs> yeah, it was 23 years. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but we don't show it. They cut it out from the network. But on the on the actual proper show, yeah, they do a proper 25 minute concert, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not. I, I say that's not good, but I mean where they are uh, and looking oh, really again, it. we're terrible stereotyping on my part i guess but when you get the shots of the crowd you're yeah. kind of thinking that's probably why their street to be fair yeah yeah um but yeah not um they're not going to be added to the actually i might add elvira by the oakridge boys to the uh to the bang bang playlist. I, I, I think it has to be <laughs> yeah yeah um bad news jr breaks the news to us that the hair versus hair stipulation is off in the mm-hmm. uh, in the u.s tag title match for some, <laughs> I don't know why. For apparently some bizarre reason, they hate each other too much. Yeah. Apparently, I don't but understand why that. Why that's. Jr. says they made it. They don't want the U.S. tag team titles caught up in this dispute between uh, Kevin Sullivan and Eddie Gilbert. So that will take place at a later date. So if you bought the pay per view for that, yeah. then it's not off to a good start, is it? Because first of all, the stipulation of what eventually goes on last on yeah. the show, the big stipulation you're told after you've bought the pay-per-view yeah that's not happening and then the very first match one of the guys <laughs> one of the guys doesn't even turn up yeah <laughs> well he ran through the card and yeah so they say oh first match is going to be junkyard dog versus great meter yeah, with graphics and everything on the paper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. butch reed versus ranger ross and again it's not i remind you this is the this is a pay-per-view uh bob orton versus dick murdoch in a bull rope match okay. uh the Dynamic Dudes versus the Samoan SWAT team. Lex Luger versus Michael Hayes. If there's anyone still listening, Lex <laughs> Luger versus Michael Hayes for the uh, US title. Sting versus the Iron Sheik. Again, we're in 1989. The Iron Sheik's heyday was the same as the fucking Oak Ridge boys. <laughs> yeah. they, probably, they, they did his entrance. Yeah. And that was... Uh, that was Alvira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was for the CV title. Uh, uh, Ric Flair versus uh, Ricky Steamboat for the world title. Uh, Road Warriors versus the Varsity Club with Nikita Koloff, special guest referee. And then the main event of the evening is Rick Steiner and Eddie Gilbert versus uh, Kevin Sullivan and Danny Spivey. Yeah. I'm so, not going to lie, when when the selections were made for for this series of um, yeah. Bang Bang Podcast and Wrestle War 89 was there, my mind straight away went Flair Steamboat. Oh, yeah. yes, please. Thank you. This is going to be fantastic. And then this week, when I've looked down the card and gone back to watch it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must be, I selected all the shows which are going to be watched during this. But again, individuals pick the ones they wanted to watch. So yes. I picked 12 horrendous shows to see who picked, uh, who could pick well, the worst. Well, during my first, I watched it in two parts. And during yeah. the first occasion, 
watching back, I, I sent you a, a message, didn't I? Literally just saying mm. Ranger fucking Ross. Ranger Ross, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, right, so we're off to the first match. And, I mean, it doesn't look like JYD, does it? It doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. No, it's uh, Doug Gilbert in the ring instead. So, JR says, for unforeseen circumstances, Junkyard Dog uh, isn't here. Mm. He just didn't turn up, did he? No. From what <laughs> I can gather, he just yeah. didn't turn up. No. But no. it wasn't like, as far as I can tell, it wasn't like he got punished for that. Because they carried on booking him. Yeah. After this. Yeah. Yeah. But he could be fucked, mate, basically. No, basically, he weren't arsed. And, uh, uh, you know, he was obviously going to face the great Muta. Muta had been in the company a couple of months at this yeah. point. He, he was still yeah. very much new to the scene. They had big hopes for him. It was already sort of marked that he was going to be the guy to, yeah. to, to battle Sting for the TV title coming up and so on as Sting then moves up the card. So, I mean, Muta goes on to squash Doug Gilbert here. He, he basically just does it yeah. in a couple of minutes, doesn't he? And I, I get the impression that JYD was just a bit like, nah, that ain't for me. No, I, I, can't, I can't really envisage a Junkyard Dog Great Muta match. Can you really? Nah, not really. No. Um, but, I mean, how great did Muta look? You got, again, you got better money. Oh, yeah. It's 1989. Okay, no, and yeah. the guy's doing like moonsaults and dives over the top and, and stuff like that. And you compare that to, say, I don't know, well, his opponent, for example. Or Ranger fucking Ross. Well, it, it's it's a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? I didn't um didn't really know much about Doug Gilbert, so I I looked Doug, Doug Gilbert up, and he's his, his most famous moment. Seen this? He did um when he was uh, he was working down in Memphis, okay. and uh, it was at the time when Memphis was it was a bit later on, so uh, early nineties when it was like more of a de- developmental for WWF, and right. they had a live show on a Saturday night, and he cut he got sacked basically for cutting a promo on the live show where he uh he. I think he was feuding with Brian Christopher. He was a heel, feuding with Brian Christopher and somebody else at the time. And he said that um, Brian Christopher only does well because his dad books the books the territory, which obviously you're not supposed to say. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, oh, you know, like you're going to cut me off. You're going to cut me off. And then he accused one of the other guys that books the territory um, of smoking crack upstairs. It's on <laughs> live. So I'll put, the, I'll, I'll put a link to the, the it's on, it's a clip on YouTube. And then the guy's like, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, there's certain things I can't say. And, you know, I know the guy's upstairs ready with the switcher, you know, trying to cut me off. And he says, oh, I just got one more thing to say. And he said something about, he went to say something about Jerry Lawler. He shouted like, Jerry Lawler raped a 13 year old girl. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was on live TV. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not laughing at, the, uh, at that happening. No. <laughs> yeah, because no. that's horrific. But yeah, yeah, yeah on live yeah. TV, that's a. Uh, and it's on YouTube, the a... cliff, yeah. So that went out. Live on, oh, and he got the sack. Unsurprisingly, from that, mm. I think that's the most famous thing he's done. He also, when he was wrestling in Japan, he wrestled in, as Freddy Krueger in the Freddy Krueger gimmick thing. Um, but yeah, so he's, I think he's found, he might have found God now. I think, but he's, he's on YouTube talking about it very openly about how he was in a bad place when he did that interview and um, mm. was trying to do it to sort of get over. But. <laughs> He might have, get, get over. Might have, he might have misjudged <laughs> the level slightly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're trying to get heat, and then there's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, me to considering, yeah, like you said, 1989. Like in my head, he was in NWA for years. But he wasn't, was he? No, no, not not really. No. no, I mean, he wins the TV title uh, later this year. Uh, I think he, he he holds that two or three times, maybe. He drops it back and forth with Arn Anderson. There's definitely one title change of Arn Anderson at some point. But yeah, yeah he, he then buggers off back to Japan, I think. Mm. Yeah. but um, And he went into the Hall of Fame, didn't he, this year? Yes. Yeah. I always find it, I know the Hall of Fame, it, it's not a real Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. I always, always, I always, 
I don't know. I just, I just don't like it when they that people that have, have literally nothing to do with WWF or WWE at okay. all. I don't sort of celebrate in the because I, 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 it pissed me off when Goldberg went in because right. obviously Goldberg's a massive star, but like I don't like Goldberg, so I'm biased. But Goldberg was like atrocious in yeah. WWE. And obviously, he was one of the main reasons or contributing reasons to WCW being so big. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he was the last good idea they had, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then he's being celebrated in, as a you know WWE legend. So it's like, oh, fucking, yeah. you know. I mean, See, I, I don't mind non WWE guys going in. Yeah. But as long as there is like a legacy, I mean, the, the great Muta, that, that's an incredible legacy. I and mean, he was doing stuff in in the US here that people yeah. haven't seen before. So that's quite spectacular, and it's such a long career and so on. But if they start getting to the point of getting, like, I don't know, random, like Disco Inferno, for example, or some <laughs> shit like that, I think that's where I draw the line a little bit, you know? But you think if Great Muta was in WWF, mm-hmm. how would he have been booked? Oh, he'd, he'd have been made to wear a karate outfit, do yeah. martial arts, and, and been um, his gimmick would have been probably horrifically racist. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So that yeah, it just kind of sticks to my crew a little bit, but um, but yeah, yeah, he looks incredible. Yeah. Oh, um, right, right. Yeah. Flair tells a story about he was supposed to look after the great Muta when he first arrived in the country and yeah. and take him out to a few bars and so on. I mean, first of all, you've got this high profile foreign import coming in that yeah. New Japan are trusting you with. Why the hell yeah. are you asking Ric Flair to be the guy to look after him? That's that's <laughs> a flaw right there. Yeah. But apparently um Flair after the first night said he didn't want to do it anymore because he was walking into the bars and all the women were paying attention to Muta and not him. Oh I heard and it, 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 it proper annoyed him. So yeah, yeah. Very popular guy apparently. And he's managed by Gary Hart. Yes. I, I probably only got to I, I was I was aware of the name Gary Hart, but only if you're doing this podcast I've actually got to see lots of Gary Hart stuff. So mm. he was a good manager, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think he was. I think he really did a, a good a good job. Like, he worked against Muta turning face as well, which okay. is one of the reasons why Muta ended up having a shorter run than, like you said, you or I remember, because Hart knew that if he turned face, he wouldn't need a manager. And that was yeah. his meal ticket. So, <laughs> yeah, he was very much a case of, nope, that's not happening. And Muta didn't speak, even to this day, we saw in the Hall of Fame, d- doesn't speak much English, even less no. so back then. So Gary Hart was literally the guy who would translate everything. And there's stories about certain messages maybe not getting back to Muta that were initially given and so okay. on. But mm. I thought they might have done something with because he wrestled Nakamura, didn't he, um, earlier this year? Yes. I thought they might have done something maybe with him and Nakamura in. Because Nakamura has come back, hasn't he? But mm. that was quite exciting until he turned out he's feuding with um, Karrion Cross. <laughs> it's not really, yeah. Oh dear. When the best part of your whole gimmick is your entrance theme and your missus, you know there's something wrong there, don't you? He just looks like a. I think I said it a few weeks ago, but when he's got a hair and a hand, he? Yeah. He just looks like a fucking scaffold or something like that now to me. Yeah, he does. Like, he looks scary when he had a shaved head. Now he looks like a bloke down a pub. Yeah, or, or like a, a doorman at a really shitty nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's slightly punching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so he obviously great music wins. But I like the, the when he does a moonsault and um, Doug Gilbert moves and away and he just lands on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Muta's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so Lance Russell then with Flair backstage with a good good robe. Yeah. This is good yeah. Flair. 1989 he, is good it's Flair. It's peak Flair and it? it is good. Yeah. He looks like when he got the match, he's in proper physical shape as well and he looks he looks sort of built as well. And the know. hair and everything. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and the stipulation for the match is this is last last attempt at the title. And if he wins, he'll, if he loses, he'll uh, kiss Steamboat's boots. And um, if Steamboat can beat him again. Um, yeah, Flair's last attempt at the world title in 1989. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, so Butch Reed comes out to a fun. I'm not sure if this Butch Reed's own music or this. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have taken the time to dub Butchery's music on the network. Yeah, uh, this is a funny one as well. The, the dubbing of NWA WCW shows, yeah, is, is really odd because sometimes you get the dub, or sometimes you get the music erased. Then other times you just don't, and it's like people are just forgotten. Yeah, or they, you know, like later on we talk about the Road Warriors. Yeah, their music's dubbed when they come into the ring. Yeah, at the end though, yeah. But at the end they still play Iron Man, and it's yeah. like, what's happened there? <laughs> yeah, I just got bored and just went, oh fuck, I can't Oh, that'll do. I'll, I'll just tell him I've done it. Vince won't check that shit. No, you won't watch the whole match. You just want the entrance. You won't watch the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Reed, yeah. So he comes out in a little, a nice little gold vest. Um, mm-hmm. he lost his thing at the Shytown Rumble. And was I think he come in like earlier on? There's quite a few people who came in sort of '89. Yeah. Period. When they're after that, I suppose after the um buyout and. Turner coming in, that sort of thing. They they attracted a few. Yeah, a bit more money and, flying around and uh, yeah. a bit more ambition to be not just like a southern territory, I guess. Yeah, so bring Butch Reed in. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a, a big draw everywhere. Uh, so yeah, oh yeah, he so he lost his thing and then um, we're only I think later on this year we get Doom. Yep. It isn't late '89 sort of Doom, yeah. yeah. Um, With that funky jazzed up music. Oh doesn't, yeah, doesn't fit doesn't them fit at, at all. all. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Great, it's amazing music, but it doesn't fit Doom though. Um, and he's taking on Ranger Ross now. I wasn't, unsurprisingly, I wasn't familiar with uh, with Ranger Ross's work. Um, mm, I've not seen masses, but uh, I'm no. not gonna lie. Uh, Ross isn't a name that you put forward as being a, a wrestler name, is it? No, that's his real name. Mm. The Rain Ranger yeah. isn't his first name, but is yes. um he, he was a actual uh, U.S. Army Ranger. Yes, and ended up being a, a bank robber, didn't he? He did, yeah. But he's found the thing. He's found God as well, no? Oh, uh, okay. So he beat the Iron Sheik at that Clash of the Champions in the seventy thousand. I mean, that is if you if you're gonna. I mean, they're still alive now. So AW looking to fill Wembley. If you're gonna sell out a dome or a stadium, that's the, that's the match. And Ranger Ross. Forget CM Punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he made his debut there, beat Iron Sheik, and then obviously second outing, he loses <laughs> to Butch Reed. Um, yeah, they weren't looking after him here. No, I don't think he. He looks all right actually in the match. You reckon? Considering, I do. <laughs> he does a little wiggle, doesn't he? little dance yeah I, I suppose i thought yeah. he was gonna wrestle in his because he comes in doesn't he in the fall he's got like mm. the military people coming down with him yeah um and he gets in the ring takes his shirt off and then i thought he was gonna wrestle in the combats right okay. he, he takes the combats off doesn't he and he's in some like trunks normal trunks yeah. so i think he wrestled in the combats he would have won that's, uh, my, that's, uh, that's, that's the dance that, that's the the flaw in his plan yeah. then there we go he's seen his legs then could he that's right that's right yeah yeah um, I also think as well, he's another of these characters that looks like he's in his 40s, but he's actually only in his 20s here. Yeah. Well, in the commentary, they're like, obviously, he's been in the US Ranger, so he's conditioned to take an absolute pounding. Not really, uh, you know, not really putting him over, is it? No, not really. No, no. He's used I, to getting his ass kicked. And JR <laughs> chucks in the obligatory sports chat um that you know he has to do anyone who's been to any sort of university and played any sports jrs to bring it up yeah and he uh, also did rodeo oh okay 
Have you ever had a go on the... Uh, when was the last time you... That used to be a thing as well, didn't it? <laughs> oh, like a me- mechanical bull? Yeah, that, you don't see those anymore, do you? My sister had one at her wedding. Ah. Oh. But it was like part of a big... Uh, the wedding after do was at the at the rugby club where the, uh, the football team used to operate out of that we were all part of. Yeah. And fair play, the the people who did it did it out real nice. It was it was lovely, but it was a n- real nice evening. And I and the, they got a massive car park and then a, a massive field next to them. Yeah. There was loads of stuff. There was like a sweet stall, um, a candy floss stuff, and then there's just this mechanical bull as well. There was just yeah. like it was like a fucking fairground out there. Yeah. And of course everyone got pissed up and started doing stupid shit. And yeah, I didn't last long. I don't I think I, I, health and safety these days it's a bit isn't it because you could yeah. go fucking flying over loose things couldn't yeah, you yeah exactly exactly and there were some quite spectacular crashes onto that concrete I'll tell you that mm. I mean where you're situated you're probably not that far away from an actual bull are you <laughs> but well where I work where I work yeah. where I go out the front uh, to have a little blast on my vape or whatever um, there's one more unit next to us then a hedge and then a farm so yeah quite often i can hear cows and sheep and so on where i'm working so yeah literally that's yeah you know. and that's also rem- the hill that they roll cheese down so oh, we- of course it's gonna be a big <laughs> cheese roll i mentioned um <clears throat> when i went to uh watch bristol city play hereford back in the 80s when they used to play each other quite a lot when hereford were in the right. league and we were crap they had a ball which um they used to walk around the ground and i can remember okay. when, when i was a kid they <laughs> um so they walked the ball all, all the way around the ground and when it got to like where the away fans were, again, this is the 80s, think it was different. People were <laughs> fucking loving the ball. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> coins and all sorts. Oh, that poor bull. I know, yeah. Yeah. So. You like shower probably, bastards. I, like to, I, I was, I was only a kid. I was probably right. laughing at it. But, yeah. um, I can apologise now to the people in Hereford and that the ball, if it's still. They've got, I think they still um, walk the ball around the pitch. No. Probably, probably not the same one, though. Probably not the same the, one, no. How long do balls live for? I don't know. It's a good question. I said earlier, people want to email, get in touch. Uh, <laughs> let me know if, uh, how long the Bulls live for. Uh, just to add to the excitement of this match, Teddy Long comes down to the ring as well, doesn't he? Mm, speaking in, of Bulls. He looks like he, he's come straight from the nightclub. Yeah. The ring, so. yeah, and he also looks like Teddy Long has eaten another Teddy Long. Yeah, yeah. He, he's... In his later years, you know, as like the GM on SmackDown and so on, he looks like his suits don't fit him because he's so damn skinny. Yeah. Here, it's almost like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fat dude. And I'm not saying Teddy Long is a big fat dude, but Teddy Long here, in comparison to Teddy Long, how we normally see him, he, he's he's a big fella. Well, he, um, again, he hung on to that hair a bit, bit, a bit too long, didn't he? Cause that, yeah. By the time Doom come around, he, he's got like a, a, a cap on, and he? And yes. like uh, things at the back yeah. to hide the fact that he's um, going bold. Um, he's got a little bit of a Vince McMahon tash going on as well, hasn't he? He has, yeah. But I mean, that was 1989, so that's probably, like I said earlier, most yeah. Most people in 1989 males look like serial killers or or rapists, so it's not um yeah. Perhaps Teddy Long. Perhaps Teddy Long was the inspiration for Vince McMahon. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but he got fired as a ref, didn't he? After the um the Road Warriors Varsity Club match, he gave a fast count and right. got fired for. Uh, so he's scouting for. I don't. They're they're like, why is he here? Because he's holding up a big ticket as well, which says uh like visitor on it. Right. So. It, uh, we're 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 at four brawl ninety six with yeah. Nitro Knights, yeah. And so that's what six, seven, seven and a half years, maybe six yeah. and a half years after this. Teddy Long's still doing the same shit. Yeah. Still at this point, he's turning up to manage people, and they're even turning to him and going, "Why are you here?" He's still yeah. doing the same shit six, seven years later. So. 
Because when did he move over? Because what was he doing in between? I don't remember him. Because he managed. Did he manage? He managed. Do you manage Johnny B. Badlow? Imagine that. I think so. But, but that was that was very early in his career, wasn't it? And obviously he did the uh, did Doom, didn't he? Did he manage yeah. the skyscrapers as well? Yeah, Dan Spivey and that. Yeah. yeah. And it, when he went to WWF, he was a referee first of all, wasn't he? Yeah. I was trying to think. Did he did he go to WWE as a referee, then go back to WCW, and then go back? Is it? Cause I, I tried. To, I can remember him as a referee in WWE, mm. but I can't remember when that when that was. It seems. I don't know. It seems it might, might, maybe it was Attitude Era. Maybe after he got the bullet from. I'm trying to think what he did. Yeah, I remember him being a referee in the Attitude Era. So it would have yeah. been after what we're looking at at the moment, a year or two after what we're looking at at the moment on Nitro Nights. So he's on actually. He's on. <laughs> this has got no relevance to anyone at all. But he's on. He's on SmackDown tonight apparently, isn't he? Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but he comes down. I mean, Butch Reed wins unsurprisingly. Mm. Um, but Bob and JR are very disappointed because he's cheating. They're like, why is he? Why is he cheating? Why is he doing? He doesn't need to do this. Why is he? Um, but um, Ranger Ross breaks out some kung fu. I liked it. Do you see when he? It's quite impressive when he jumped over the top rope. You see that? Yeah. And he just landed on his feet and punched the guy in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just I mean, showing off, mate. The fact that we we've spent more time talking about <laughs> the average age of a bull and Teddy Long's mustache, I think, gives an idea as to how good this match may well be. Yeah. Or may that, may not be. That little spot was impressive. It was completely pointless. Completely pointless. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, but I was impressed. They could jump over the top. Also, right. I think it's this match. It might not be, but I think it's this match where we see the girl in the crowd with the, with a black top for the first time, and they keep okay. cutting back to her. Yeah. And she has got the craziest eighties fringe I've ever seen. Okay. It's about twelve inch to a foot. <laughs> it's it's huge. Yeah. And it's just hairsprayed straight up. Very and nice. at one point she turns, looks at the floor, looks back up, and it is rigid. She could stab <laughs> someone with this fringe. It doesn't move. And she keeps popping back up. And like you think that's some real commitment to the to, to that to a look, that is. That's that's you know, creating your own hole in the ozone layer with the amount of hairspray you're using there. Do um do people still use hairspray? Yeah, that's hairspray in my house. I okay. think my girls use that. My daughters yeah. use that. Okay. I've just again it's been it's been a few years since I've had to right to use to use hairspray but I, I mean i used to when i was when i had hair back in the back in the 90s um but i just wondered if it was still because obviously it's, it can't be very good for the environment can it no no it makes me sneeze as well especially yeah. the my girls use you're not supposed to, not supposed to spray up your nose no 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 that's true you know you gotta get a buzz somewhere you know, yeah so that's it that's it yeah, yeah. um butch reed wins and um, we're a few months from doom so thank goodness for that basically yes um Right, so uh, Judith Chalmers backstage with, uh, with Vance <laughs> Russell, and uh, she's getting prepared for uh, for Michael. I mean, never been a particularly good promo, but when we get to Lex, my opinion on Lex has changed in in recent months. So, um, but he's getting himself pumped up for his defense against Michael Hayes mm-hmm. of the, uh, the U.S. title. If there ever was an advert for somebody for, for certain wrestlers having a manager, it's Lex oh, Luger yeah. here, I think, because he looks an absolute star. And then he opens his mouth, and you're a bit like, mm, mm, it's tricky, okay. isn't it? Because we'll, we'll get to Lex when we talk about it. But um, now, I mean, if there's, I, I prefer the Ranger Ross match to this next match. <laughs> if I'm brutally honest. Oh. So this is um, right. Um, so Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch um, against Cowboy Bob Orton. Now they're only. I think Bob Orton's in his thirties in this match. <laughs> right. Impressive. Dick Murdoch was about forty-two, forty-three. So. 
both younger than me, both of these people in this match. Um, and he, um, yeah, so they, they both come in in April, had a match at Clash of the Champions, which Orton won. Um, and then this is a, this is a, a, a bull rope match. Uh, so Dick Murdoch was in the Klux Klan, I think. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Massive racing. I mean, the irony of someone in the Ku Klux Klan getting hung. Ku Klux Klan, yeah. Ku Klux Klan getting hung at the end of the match is uh, is something else. But um, this is just punchy, kicky bullshit, isn't it? This is very. In some of the old territories in the seventies, this may have been what they were looking at. But again, this is nineteen eighty nine. You've got Muta on the cards. You've got Flair Steamboat later on. This looks so out of place for me. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, um, Orton's managed by Gary Hart, mm-hmm. as as most heels were. It's not a very long match, is it? Which is probably the best thing I can say about it. Yeah, yeah. The finish is crap as well. Well, I like the finish. The Dick Murdoch ties ties him up basically yeah. in, a, in a little ball. He <laughs> pins it. It's a ball. I mean, what's the yeah, what's the object to, of a ball rope match? I always thought he was supposed to touch all four four corners. Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised when he got when he went for a pin, mm. and there was no very little ball rope action. But we're gonna, we're going to get the ball rope action. So Gary Hart comes in, gets involved, and then um, yeah. So Bob Orton pretty much hangs and murders. Murdoch. Yeah, and, and whilst he's you know doing this attempted murder, the yeah. referee's giving him a ten count to try to stop him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody else comes out to think. Um, but I mean, I suppose to be fair, his feet are on the floor, so actually he's not gonna he's not gonna die, is he? No, no, not for another no. couple of years anyway. Not for another couple of years, no, no. It wasn't hung. It wasn't. It was. I think his heart. To be fair, he looked like a case for a heart attack. Dick Murdoch. He did. Um, but yeah, so I think we'll just move on from that match. <laughs> um. And I mean, if hanging isn't bad enough, we get uh, Michael Hayes promo next. Um, yeah, Hayes as a singles gonna, wrestler. That's yeah, a weird. Do it on his own. That's a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one for me, but. Yeah. Um, and look, we get Paul Heyman out preparing for his role 34 years later as the, uh, yeah. the wise man with his little uh, uh, thing of flowers on around his neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Much slimmer and with that glorious mullet. Yeah. Well, I remember he spoke about it, didn't he? There was, I think it was when um, Lesnar and Reigns were feuding, when Reigns was a face, and how he spoke about um, how he used to manage Reigns' family and that sort of yeah. thing. And uh, yeah, but I never, I never pictured these guys together. Um, but again, they came in earlier on in the year as well as part of the, you know, the influx of new people, and they beaten the Midnight Express at the last Clash of the Champions, mm-hmm. and more influx of exciting people. We've got the uh, the dynamic dudes. This is so so bad. Uh, again, this this is this is an example of people of a certain age in WCW or the NWA or whatever having a meeting and going, we need to basically get the kids on board. The WWF have got the kids. They got the cartoon characters and the merchandise and all that. We need to bring in a younger audience. What can we do? Oh, let's dress Johnny Ace and Shane freaking Douglas up in some multicolored pants and get them to run down co- holding some skateboards that they never yeah. actually ride as far as i can no. remember no how old do you think uh johnny ace is here oh i, I don't know i'd say 30 26 is is he really yeah oh, okay. yeah i mean they got the oldest looking 26 i mean they may as well got earthquake in there yeah <laughs> yeah the oldest looking 26 year olds in history um i mean this goes down as one of the shittest gimmicks it's just even ever. the name the name is cringe but the thing is people say but it isn't anything. It is one of the shittest gimmicks in history. But when people say, like, fucking Seven was a shit gimmick. Well, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. These are just two blokes with skateboards. Like, it's not even f- 
funny is it's just just shit from the city of sunshine wherever the fuck yeah. that is and yeah. we're told on commentary by bob cordell i think it was who yeah. said uh they love to do all the things that young people do yeah all right well, well thanks for clearing that up for us that's not yeah. too much of a vague statement at all hey, skateboard and surf apparently yeah yeah, which I mean, Bob Corley, the expert, I want fun things kids mm-hmm. to do because yeah. he's about seventy. Yeah, um, frequently on the beach in his wetsuit and his board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of hairspray going on with his hair, Bob Corley. Yeah, this is true. This there is, true. is. Yeah, that hair. He can swim. That hair's not moving. When he gets it, it, might, <laughs> it might float off into the ocean. But it's not going to move. Dub- doubles as his safety helmet when he goes skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I always I didn't twig that these guys were the uh head shrinkers okay um you know in a few years time in in wwf and that's rikishi isn't it yes yeah yeah and they they, they were really vicious nasty heels for a while before yeah. going to the wwf weren't they so i love yeah. the name as well the Samoan and swat team I mean, that's a great name better than the head shrinkers better than dynamic fucking dudes yeah <laughs> head shrinkers would like eat meat and stuff wouldn't they? In, like, yeah eating chickens things like that and yeah, it was it was, it was yeah. pretty racist again. Wasn't pretty it? racist. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting into that in that territory. Yeah. Um, but Heyman gets on the mic and insults the uh, women of Tennessee by comparing them to John Laurinaitis. Uh, John Laurinaitis. But uh, mm-hmm. this is this felt like a long match. It it felt like it was far too. Long. Yeah. Far yeah. too long. But I suppose that the, the the other side of that is a couple of the matches later in the card are quite short. Yeah. So maybe this was actually. It didn't feel like it at the time, but maybe this was a saving grace for us later on. Yeah. Honestly, looking at this card, I didn't really feel any of the matches felt like they were too short. They, that's of them were short, but they were, yeah, they, were okay. they were still too long. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, but that, that other yeah. matches could have been made longer. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. Thank God for this match. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. but No, probably a <laughs> stretch slightly. But they win the dudes. But a lot of it is um, them getting beaten up, you know, the old traditional face heel tag team thing. But yeah, they win, and this uh, is a big upset because uh, that doesn't make much sense. Is it? Samoan SWAT team beat the Midnight Express at the last Clash of Champions, and then lose at the next pay per view. Similar to Ranger Ross beating the Iron Sheik and then losing to Butch Reed because. Yeah, <laughs> no momentum, I guess. No, is there for people ruining no momentum. They ruined Ranger Ross. Yeah, that's it. He could have been a star. He could have been the next Hogan. Yeah. If he'd uh, yeah. if he'd have won on this show, maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> Lance Russell is backstage with the the three judges for the main event cases of draw because the the last match was a two out of three falls, wasn't it? And it was a contentious finish. Flares. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And they said if it goes to a time limit draw, then it'll go to the judges this season. I quite like time limit draws and judges because again. They don't generally get used today, the judges. No, no, no. But it's, um, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to the match, no doubt. But I like the way that they got updates from the judges throughout the match as well. Yeah. yeah. That was quite cool. Yeah. But if you do go to a time limit draw and you've got judges there, it, you can sort of, a, a lot of a lot of what uh, WCW and NWA do wrong is they don't think about what's next. Yeah. But if you had an issue with a judge making a decision or whatever, then you can build a program from that for future shows. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Hayes then out to the I don't like Michael, I don't like the free bird. Do you not? Hayes. Okay. Well, it just reminds me of I I don't I don't want to sound like Eric Bischoff, but it just reminds me of Southern yeah of the South oh, and Southern wrestling, which I mean, there's a lot of it is really good. And they were again, I only, probably only saw them in again my when I think of Michael Hayes, I just think of fucking Doc Hendricks basically. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not seeing all those classic. Dodgy mustache as well. 
Yeah. All the all the, the blood feuds uh, Freebirds had with the Von Erics and things yeah. like that. I've not seen any of that. So if I saw that, I'd probably enjoy it. But it just grates on me slightly, mm. Michael Hayes. Yeah, this, I mean, this is, uh, the, the, the Freebirds were great in world class in Texas. Yeah. But that's going back to like 81, 82, 83, 84, whenever it may well be. This is 1989 now. And yeah. Michael Hayes is doing the thing that Shawn Michaels did in the mid 90s when he put on a few pounds about yeah. having his tights really high to try and hold yeah. his belly in a bit. Yeah. You know, and yeah. It's, this match is a funny one for me because obviously it's Luger versus Hayes. And yeah. Luger looks like a star. He looks incredible. Oh, yeah. And the music hits, the crowd love him and, and, and all sorts. But Hayes, like you said, even though it's 1989, he looks so dated. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can, uh, like, like you said earlier, the, the like the crowd are massively behind Lex, so yeah. over. But he like he's, he needs a mouthpiece. But if he's if he's gonna be, how many faces have a have a yeah. mouthpiece? Oh, totally. It's really yeah. difficult to really difficult to do well, isn't it? Uh, but uh, the entrances here as well. Yeah. They obviously pushed the boat out a little bit, didn't they? Because Hayes had a bit of pyro. Yeah. Which yeah. was you know, and for some reason Lex had a gang of blokes jogging. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not really sure what that was about. <laughs> it's like a little entourage, but um, yeah, yeah. And Luger, and Wyndham comes out. Oh, not Wyndham. Uh, Barry, uh, Michael Hayes. I went through about four names then. Comes <laughs> out with uh, Hiro Matsuda. Yes, it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. No, what? Well, so he there's, there's a very strange um, faction. I looked I, when I was looking through this. There, there when um, Barry Wyndham left. Okay. So they they obviously Tully and Iron have gone by this point. Yes, they're, they're in the WWF on there. But they had like a, a horseman-like faction for a bit, which was Flair, Barry Windham, Kendall Windham. Right. But yep. treat. But obviously Barry Windham left, Kendall Windham. But he wanted to call the horseman. So it was like some faction related to Hiro Matsuda. Okay. That does ring a bell now you're talking about. Kendall Windham being involved and so on as well. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't last very long though. But, um, yeah. but yeah, that's what he said. But again, the whole thing was he's going to win it on his own, Michael Hayes. Which, of course, means he's blatantly not. Yeah, but he doesn't do anything. Does he? <laughs> no, it's just true. He stands there and claps and smiles. Yeah. But I quite like this match. Actually. I thought this was very good. I thought this was yeah. much better than it's got any right to be. Michael Hayes is, and always was, to be fair, he was the he was the mouthpiece of the Freebirds. Yeah. It was the other guys that you'd want to see wrestle. Hayes was always the colours, the robes, the hair, the strut, and then the bell would ring, and you'd be a bit like, oh, all right then. Yeah. You know? And obviously Luger, a motivated Lex Luger, working hard, can put on some good matches. Yeah. But you never quite know what you're going to get when you go back and watch Luger matches. Yeah. This year, I think this was much better than it than uh, well, much better than I was expecting anyway. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know because they what Starcade '88 was Luger and Flair, wasn't it? And yes. it, it felt like they were building Luger to, but they never actually did it. No. And then we get and he turns heel not long after this, doesn't he? And beats up Steamboat and never. Then he gets sort of has, has a bit of a heel run again. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a good match. We get the usual heel stuff, like you say, from Hayes and uh, Teddy Long comes out again. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, he's there again. Um, the crowd are massively into this as well, aren't they? All the way through. Yeah. It's not like it. It's not like there's a lull. It doesn't drop off or anything like that. And mm. we then see that that three bird Michael Hayes strut, where he looks like a cartoon villain sneaking up on somebody. Yeah, it's it's quite obscure. And yeah. They're pushing the finishers as well, aren't they? The commentators. They're talking about how Hayes can hit that DDT from anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Whereas Luger's more submission-based with the torture rack. I wouldn't say that Luger's submission-based, but... It's just a finisher, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. But I like that as a finisher as well, the torture rack. Yeah, me. 
I mean, so I, I, I know some people I, I speak to, I think it might be Magsy actually, can't stand the move. But I've always yeah. liked it. I thought it was great. I suppose you're limited if you've got a really big guy getting people up for it. But he, I'm sure he got, he got a big show up for it once. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. when I've covered 96 um, era WCW, like the, what's about a war, World War Three? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When 96, no, no, 96 was, yeah, that was when Big Show won it, wasn't it? The Giant win it um, in 96. But Luger was like the last man, pretty much. Taking on the NWO. So oh, spoilers. I've, I've, <laughs> sorry. I've probably seen it, but not. Yeah. Savage wins it in 95. Yeah. 96 I... would have been NWO, wouldn't it? So. Yeah, that's right. And I think Scott Hall wins it in 97. Okay. So the Giant winning in 96 would make sense. I think so. Because it comes down to basically, it's like four or five members of the NWO and Luger. At that's the end. right. Yeah. And then it looks like Luger's going to do it. And the crowd are going absolutely fucking batshit for it. Yeah, and then the giant just wins, <laughs> which, makes no, which makes no sense. Um, but yeah, so yeah, good match, and we get uh, get a ref bump first of the night. Um, and Terry Gordy comes out the crowd, mm-hmm. a man in a, a man in a cowboy hat, basically. But we're told it's Terry Gordy. What did you think of this finish then? Because this was well, it's quite funny. <laughs> it, he just gives Hayes a bit of a shove, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he pushes him into Luger. Yeah, um, and then. He's try Luger gets his foot on the rope suddenly. He keeps knocking it off. <laughs> yeah, that was almost like it's almost like Luger. I don't know. Somebody did something wrong there. Like Luger yeah. put his foot on the rope, but he wasn't supposed to yet. Yeah. Or Gordy knocked it off, and he wasn't supposed to yet. Yeah. And they just kept trying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He kept knocking it off. He kept yeah. putting it back on there. Yeah. Uh, but he got that was his first singles title in. Um, it was. Yeah. I don't think he lasts for long. He loses like two weeks later. He loses it back to Lex. And then probably, he reforms the Freebirds. Probably so. for the best. He's probably for the best. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Lance Russell then back with Sting backstage. And he's uh, very excited. As Sting was. Yeah. Sting likes it when people act weird, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's wrestling <laughs> incredibly. Wrestling the Iron. I would say incredibly. But the guy headlined SummerSlam in two years' time. So, or co- I mean, co-headlines SummerSlam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be a bit strong. Um, he's wrestling the Iron Sheik. Yeah. He's got this. Well, I think they brought him in this year. And then he he had the famously the rolling contract, which nobody thought to terminate. So he ends up sticking around for a year after getting paid every week for not doing brilliant anything. Stuff. Amazing brilliant stuff. stuff. Absolutely Amazing brilliant. Stuff. The fact that he's wrestling for the TV title here is just, yeah. you know. The best thing about this is, I, I think that it's only two minutes long. Yeah. Because Sheik can't really do a lot, can he? He can't, he can't move very well. Well, well it was a, a show we covered. I can't think when it was, or maybe a Clash of Champions, where it's him in um, Captain Mike Rotundo in a match. Right. And I think it might be a year after this. And he's a lot rounder then. And when he's on the floor, he looks like a, <laughs> he looks like a tortoise. Like, <laughs> it's like he can, he, he can get up off the floor. Like, right. Yeah. He's got those stupid boots on the Oh, pointy. I love those boots. I, if I, if someone, I'd wear those boots in public. If yeah. Junior Rose. Um, yeah, two minutes, um, which is probably two minutes too long. But uh, see, they attack thing for the match on this. He's got Rip Morgan with him as well, um, with a chic uh, outfit on, headdress on. Yeah. Um, but they attack Sting, and then Sting starts beating up Sheik and choking the Sheik. Um, I can't think it's JR says... What's good for the sheik is good for the gander. I'm not sure if that's. Uh, I, <laughs> that's that. I don't think that's quite the saying. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, Sting beats some tap. And yeah, it's, yeah. You could be doing something better with Sting, can you? I, I reckon, but I suppose it gets him on the card and. 
Yeah. You think you got, what was it, nine matches you said at the start of the show? Yeah. Five of them are title matches. I suppose you got you got the TV title on the show, you got Sting on the show. But there are other matches that are kind of, I suppose, the priority in there. Flair, Steamboat, Luger dropping the title. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, right, so we're, we're at the, the midpoint in the show, not quite the main event. <laughs> um, so yeah, Lance with Ricky Steamboat, and he can't cut a promo, can he? Nope. Ricky Steamboat. Nope. Bless him. Yeah, real shame. Um, <laughs> and then so Flair comes out and he's got, there's a lot of women there, and then there's like, I think it's 40 ladies and then there's eight ladies sort of guiding him down to the ring. Um, he looks, yeah, this is peak. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is peak great. Flair. Uh, and then Steamboat comes out. Yeah. <laughs> the, the commentators are saying, oh, you, you think that was good. Wait till you see our oh, champion's entrance. See and he's just got a donkey. So, yeah, so he's got his son on a, is it was a donkey or a horse? I, I think it was probably a horse. Oh, it could but... be a pony. <laughs> it, well... Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so there's yeah, so there's Steamboat, and he's got his son on a on a little horse. And I wasn't sure who his wife was, because there's a lady there who looks like she's dressed like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah. I think she must have been the horse the horse lady, the horse handler, because right. then when he gets into the ring, there's a lady in, like, quite jazzy attire. I'm assuming that's Mrs. Steamboat. Um, but they're trying, I suppose they're trying to show the contrast between the playboy and the, the family man yeah which worked for a while yeah but by the time you get to this match yeah i mean flair's getting cheers now uh, and yeah. steamboat talking about how he's all about family and all this sort of stuff it, it's actually getting him booed <laughs> it's like you know, yeah. we don't want the family values here in the nwa we want you out shagging about mate you know that's kind of yeah. the, the message they're sending yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't do him any favors is it acting no. uh you know portraying no. him like that uh but yeah i mean this is this is quite good isn't it oh this, yeah. is superb. this is so good i mean it starts it starts at a pace and i don't yeah. think that pace drops at all no you know it goes over half an hour but it seems to absolutely fly by uh, you get all the classic spots as well, don't you? the steamboat arm drags the the flare collapsing on his face but it doesn't look so comical it's ridiculous it is still funny though but yeah, yeah. Drop kicks from Steamboat, and oh, it, it's absolutely superb. This is, it, it, I still rate the Steamboat Flare trilogy as probably the best collection of matches I've seen. Yeah. And people, people put Okada, Omega, the sort of four or five matches, whatever they had in there, and, and all this sort of stuff. And but I always go back to this. Uh, I, I love this. This is this is right up my street. And these were what in consecutive months these matches. Mm-hmm. They weren't years apart or no, that's right. Know, and it was still that's the thing to, to have the matches this close together and keep them fresh and keep them entertaining and sort of yeah engrossing and it's that thing as well of how each one kind of plays into the next or completes like the, the story because there's moments yeah. in this match that hark back to their first match and there's moments in this match that also reference things that happened in their second match and and so on it's just brilliant fantastic storytelling yeah but they play into the bit because obviously in the the previous match uh, Flair tapped out to the to the chicken wing, didn't he? Yeah. So they're right. um they're, they're saying that Steamboat with the arm drags is working on the arm, getting him ready for the chicken wing. Um, but like like you said earlier, the, the judges they give sort of updates, sort of ten, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, who's ahead yeah. on the scorecard, that sort of thing, which makes it feel a bit more real as well, doesn't it? That's and, right. Uh, and the big thing as well is uh, Steamboat's match against Randy Savage is a, a WrestleMania three's got a big aspect to this as well. The amount of pinfall attempts constantly yeah. trying to win the match yeah because again that adds to it being you know 
almost being treated like a real sporting competition. You look at stuff in AEW now. I mean, I, don't, I enjoy AEW, don't get me wrong, but yeah, you'll see people do a move and then pick their opponent up to do something else. So try and yeah. pin the guy. Try and make it look like you're trying to win. Yeah. Mm. They um, yeah, they go through different stages, don't they? There's stages where Flair's getting a bit more healy and a bit more sort of desperate and yes. like a few tricks and um and he never quite gets on top of steamboat it's almost like he's almost got him to the point where he's ready to finish him and then steamboat fights back and pulls out a move and then it's sort of go back to square one again and mm-hmm. but the end so um they get a super flex a, a super plex from steamboat and it goes for the chicken when the flag gets to the ropes and breaks it um and then there's a big like tomahawk chop thing from the top rope and yeah um but then uh, he goes up to the top rope again and flair knocks him out falls into the ropes knocks him outside and steamboat hurts his knee um so it's like ah, he's hurt his knee and flair works on it for a bit yeah into the figure four eventually isn't it yeah but then steamboat escapes from that and gets the upper hand again but then he goes for a goes for a slam to get flair up and his legs just kind of buckle and flair turns that into an inside cradle and gets a pin yeah which makes sense as well in the storyline of the match it makes sense it's, it's not just a screwy finish it's just fantastic it's it's hmm. it's believable it's it's two guys trying to actually win the contest not putting on just like an exhibition i just think it's so so good and the fact that this is 1989 and we're talking about so many aspects of this pay-per-view looking dated looking out of place this doesn't look out of place at all this doesn't look dated at all this looks this is superb yeah and it looks real yeah you know yeah exactly it looks the punches the slaps the chops the arm drags the it all looks it all looks real and it's two guys who look like athletes don't they as well they don't look like you know like when michael hayes prancing around <laughs> he looks like a wrestler well, yeah exactly exactly this funny one as well yeah. jim ross actually says a line here and he's digging yeah. at the wwf he's, he okay. says that this is the nwa we're not out here posing we're not out here to rock and roll music yeah. it's like that's literally what you've done for the rest of the show yeah, yeah. Uh, and if, if nobody's out there posing i mean if you sin flair half of his gimmick is posing yeah 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 you know it just made no sense but the rest of it fantastic absolutely and, and the angle afterwards as well just oh yeah oh again 1989 people hadn't seen things like this before. no so that was flair six world title reign jr comes in afterwards to interview him and there's respect between the two and uh flair says that steamboat was the greatest champion he's ever faced mm-hmm. and um and then one of the judges so terry funk then gets into the ring i fucking love this so much and he it's comes brilliant. in and he's like oh i just want to come in and uh congratulate you rick um and then just loiters around. Yeah, he's like, I did the greatest. <laughs> did the greatest rest of the world. JR says, oh, thanks. And sort of goes back to Flair. And he's just there. He's like the bloke in the pub, isn't it? He has a conversation with you. And then you go back to chatting. And he, the, the guy, <laughs> go back to chatting to your mate. And the guy's still, the guy's yeah, still, just still there. hanging about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get involved in your conversation. And uh, he sort of gets his head in there and says, um, I'd like to be the first to challenge you for the, uh, for the title. And Flair sort of brushes him off and says, oh, you've been away in Hollywood with... Uh, rubbing shoulders with uh sliced alone and uh so i looked up so um ott over the top have you seen that oh, that's the arm wrestling one yeah, yeah 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 so he was in that that was Stallone was in that okay which was uh came out in 88 and we are literally weeks away from roadhouse coming out with uh oh, right. patrick swayze yeah which fuck was in um so yeah he is a he's a hollywood a-lister he is the original uh john uh original rock uh Went on to be at uh, Quantum Leap as well. Did he? Oh, cool. Yeah, he was in an episode of Quantum Leap. Okay. I mean, that, what episode of Quantum Leap would be if the guy went back and was in Terry Funk's uh, body? <laughs> he plays, amazingly enough, a wrestler. Oh, of course he does, yeah. <laughs> and it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Oh, well, I should hope so. 
But there's a, apparently there's a top 10 rankings at this time, which Flair says he must respect. But um, Fuck doesn't take it too well and thinks, oh, you're taking me lightly. And um, they said, oh, I'm just um, just joking. Like, you know, congratulations and all the best, that kind of thing. And then shakes his hand and then just fucking lamps him in the room. <laughs> <thrills> <laughs> him. It's great. Oh, it's brilliant. The crowd want to kill Terry Funk at this point. Oh, well, yeah. They? They're, they're so into it. So apparently I listened to um, JR's podcast a few years ago and they were talking about this. And he said... Okay. They knew that they were going to shoot an angle after the match, but they didn't know what, how it was going to go out and what they were going to do. So all JR knew that he was going to get in the ring, interview Flair, and Funk was going to come in, and, and you know, they'd start an angle from there. So the rest of it was all, that was just planned out between the two of them. They didn't, uh, JR didn't know anything about that. Right, okay. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, it's quite a famous, famous spot. So they start fighting, and he drags Flair outside. Beats him up a bit more. In his, again, in fact, he's in his fucking tuxedo as well. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Makes it look. Uh, and the commentator's like, he's gone. He's gone insane. He's gone crazy. Terry Funk. Yeah, and he he plays crazy very very well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then gets uh, that the table which the judges was at uh, ringside gets on the top of there and gives him a power driver and the table doesn't budge, is it? No, no. <laughs> but the, the way they show the replays later on as well, saying so look at Flair's neck and the way it's twisted and oh, it was so well done. Brilliant yeah. stuff. It leads yeah. to some really good matches as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he smacks him in the head with a chair as well. After yeah. just, for, uh, just for good measure. And he turns around and somebody in the crowd's having the go. And he's like, oh, fucking. I'm <laughs> you. <laughs> he, he calls Flair a horse tooth banana nose jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but just incredible. And, you know, you could. It's, it is an angle. For, like, you could somebody who's been a champion before, been away, been in Hollywood, comes back. Oh, I want to. I want to challenge you. And like, oh, no, you're not a wrestler anymore. You're... And it, again, it makes perfect sense. Perfectly yeah. booked. The the afterwards, the stuff. All... And it gets, it gets good as well, this feud. Oh, yeah. We're right so We're right we so did a show. We did a two-show part a couple of years ago about Terry Funk. Um, and we spoke about this feud. I can't remember anything about that episode. I was probably drunk. But um, go and check that out if anyone's uh, anyone interested, anyone's interested in that. So, yeah, um, we move on then. So that's not the end of the show, sadly. No. See, now... You've got- when when I saw this was in the middle of the card, mm. I, I I remembered the the angle afterwards, and in my head I'm thinking, okay, the reason for that must be that they're going to try and send the crowd home happy, so have a clean finish or yeah. a, a good babyface win at the end of the show and all that sort of stuff. Makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the way my mind went. Mm. Then I watched it and I realised that that's not quite how the show went. No, no. Well, we get. Somebody called Joe Pedersino backstage. We've never seen before. Probably no. never see again. No. When Nikita Koloff, I'm reminded, yeah, there's two more matches to go. So he'd been um, he'd been away for a while because his wife, I think she passed away this year. Oh, so he okay. was, he'd had time out looking after his poorly wife. But he turned face in around about the sort of the start of the Clash of the Champions. I remember him turning face then. And uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's, I mean, it's quite a convincing Russian accent. It is. He's got, isn't it? It is. Um, he looks, he looks the par as well, doesn't he? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we get good to the ring, and Doctor Death and uh, Mike Rotunda are in the ring with some cheerleaders already in the ring. There, it didn't get an entrance. No. In the ring with some cheerleaders. It just looks so amateur. And Kevin Sullivan's there as well. The games, the games master, <laughs> the games master. <laughs> uh, this is before he got promoted to Taskmaster, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And they beat the Road Warriors in April with a bit of help from Teddy Long. Um, and yeah. that come LOD to, uh, well, the Road Warriors to not Iron Man to no. something else. 
No. And it's just a big fight, basically. And for, they, they start they fighting just, with, with the spikes on, still, which I always quite enjoy. Yeah, they just smash the crap out of them, don't they? Yeah. It's typical Road Warriors, really. They just come to the ring, crowd go mad, and they just act like big, yeah. powerful dudes and just smash the hell out of whoever's in front of them. Yeah. Sullivan gets ejected early on, and uh, it looks like Legion of Doom are going to win, but um, they do a Doomsday device, and but then Spivey and Sullivan come back out and attack Nikita. He was one of there's two refs for some reason, and um, it, it just gets thrown out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. They're literally beating at the ref, and they're like, well, what's going on? Like, you can't do this. And eventually yeah, we better, we better like, do something about that. Yeah, <laughs> just caught off. Uh, so the uh, Road Warriors win by DQ, and yeah. I mean, Paul Ellerin had like a nice safari suit on. I quite enjoyed. Yeah, it's, again, baby faces with managers, though, isn't it? It's a weird one for me. Mm. I mean, you know? yeah, yeah. They're not as good demolition, are they? Should, I mean, we've established on this podcast. <laughs> um, they hit the uh, Doomsday device, though, don't they? Which is always spectacular. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was, when they had um, Dr. Death up there, I'm thinking, he's not taking, he's not, he's not taking that, is he? No, no. Sure, took it. They looked after him, though. Do you notice how yeah. Animal went down with him? And yeah, it, it was yeah. a good bump. It wasn't like some of the other bumps that they let make people take. Yeah. But that's, that was always a big problem, wasn't it? It was like, how do you... I can imagine the amount of times they've been pinned clean in their entire career was zero. Probably. Legion of Doom, not it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, they didn't lie down for many people. No. Uh, so we'll finish off with a, with a bang. We've got the uh, the first family, Rick Steiner, Eddie Gilbert, and Missy Hyatt. And then Sullivan and the Spivey have gone back and then they just come and back, come out, back again. out again. <laughs> yeah, he left the ring to come back out to the ring. Uh, so Rick Steiner was injured, wasn't he, for this match? Legitimately okay. injured. So that's, that's why, why he, the shoulder and... he did the angle at the start where he's taken out. And when right. you see at the end of the finish, his arm's like just hanging limp by the side of him. But for some reason, they still wanted to. I mean, for fuck's sake, you couldn't cancel this match, could you? The whole pay per view oh. would have been gone to shit. Well, obviously they took the stipulation away already so yeah, yeah. <laughs> there'd have been a riot god damn yeah, it <laughs> yeah um but yeah so most of the matches eddie gilbert getting beaten up and rick comes in at the end and fucking that was a clothesline <laughs> with his one good arm and um yeah they win and it you're thinking just, it was just a waste yeah. of time it was a waste of time yeah if you, people would have left earlier that would have been more more valuable than mm. sitting through this crap yeah uh Rick Steiner then, with longer hair. Yeah, that's, looks, a, that's a look, it, isn't it? It is, yeah. Sort of really voluminous curly hair. With those those ear protectors on. He reminded me of, do you remember when Kurt Angle lost that hair versus hair match? Yeah. And then turned up on SmackDown with a wig. Yeah. The, yeah, that's what Rick Steiner looks like his actual like hair here. looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, yeah, send the crown home after the, the heels attack afterwards. And it looks like um, Kevin Sullivan's going to beat uh, Missy Hyatt, but Eddie comes mm. in and... Uh, makes a save and uh yeah that's the end of the wrestling but we get we get a final bombshell at the end from jr tells us that the um the varsity club have been stripped of their titles because of the the actions in that match so drama, uh, drama. and drama. then they they show the uh flair funk angle again yeah i mean the, the the this card the big thing i take away from the end of this card is that it was so badly organized with regards to match order yeah, because the ro- Flair Steamboat is obviously the highlight of the show. People are into that. I mean, yeah. Luger's Luger's appearance and Sting's appearance—they're they're hugely popular. But Flair Steamboat's the big one. Road Warriors come out after that and still get a fantastic reaction because they're the Road Warriors for crying out loud. Yeah. So after you've seen Flair Steamboat and then the crowd have gone mental for the Road Warriors, this US title match, nobody gives a shit, do they? No, but they often did this, didn't they? I remember. A, yeah. 
a show before which we covered the final match was there was the main event there was a title match in a flare match and then the last match was like paul poorly dangerously and somebody against uh, medusa and somebody else that was like that yeah. Was the, yeah that was that was i think it's one, one of the steiners is involved in that as well i think rick steiner it was like well boy what? this is, just doesn't make any i mean you can see with the saturday night's main event like last week where they had the the big match sort of in the middle somewhere, but that's on TV. So it's, mm. it's getting the numbers and it, and that was on late at night. So it makes sense. Have yeah. Yeah. Totally. For the early, yeah. Structure of the TV show. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's just if you, if you pay for the pay-per-view anyway, fucking it was matter. an afternoon show as well. Was it? Yeah. So, it, you know, it's not even like you had, the, well, again, pay-per-view doesn't matter. What am I saying? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. Is it? Ridiculous. No, it, it's so they could pay off the angle afterwards, like more, you know, the, you know, they could sell the gravitas of the flare stuff on commentary, but I, it, yeah, it doesn't make any fucking. We, we could we could try and work out why they did it, but it's no. It uh, does. It's, it makes no sense, and it's not like they like you said. This isn't the only time they did this, so. No, no, never fucking learn. Mm. Um. So what would happen is, so flare then would um the flare funk thing went on for a while. Then there, I think Halloween Havoc was the cage match. Oh, the electric chair. Yeah. Which yeah, that's a that's interesting. Newton funk in it. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, oh no, no 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 the I'm exploding the, cage yeah, yeah. exploding cage and man. oh and it catches fire and muter has to put yeah. the fire out if it's missed yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bernstein. yeah. <laughs> um but that was like that was like the rest of the year was a kind of funk flare mm. feud um steamboat left later on in 89 was in japan then for a bit and then turned up breathing fire in wwe in 91 yeah and then hung um, right there for a little bit and it's typical steamboat. It was always a case of, well, I thought I was going to be in the main events. Well, yeah. you're not. Well, I'm going to leave then. And then he goes somewhere yeah. else. And it's just the same repeat, 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 really. Yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, when he, went, when he came back to WCW, when he had the feud with Rick Rude and the Dangerous mm-hmm. Alliance, that was good. Yep. So, oh, yeah. But that was kind of his last proper good feud, I think. Yeah, he ended up uh, tagging a lot, didn't he? Like Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so and obviously Tully and Arn are back later on this year as well, aren't they? From their little suggestion. Well, Arn is. Arn is, yeah. Tully's not. <laughs> yeah, Tully, Tully, Tully fails the drugs test, doesn't he? Yeah, Tully doesn't come back. Um, so, right, we now go for the Dave Meltzer ratings. Um, and we'll see if Sai and Dave are on, uh, on a similar wavelength. Um, so, uh, JYD against. <laughs> oh, uh, oh Gilbert against the great music well i uh, well, i was in five stars yeah that's yeah, yeah uh I, i'd give that a star and a half maybe two stars okay so we're off to a, a strong start two stars for that i think you probably like the great music didn't you yeah i, I like the great music oh yeah, I yeah, did yeah like this match <laughs> yeah. uh butch reed versus uh ranger ross half a, star. a quarter of a star oh okay uh dick murdoch versus uh bob wharton the same half a star for me half a star yeah all right uh, Dynamic Dudes versus the Samoan SWAT team. Uh, oh, I, I, I star tops. I, I, I couldn't get into that at all. Two and three quarters. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's Dave smoking? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lex versus uh, Judith Chalmers. Uh, no, that's the other way around. <laughs> Lex versus uh, Michael Hayes. Yeah. I, I, that, that to me is closer to two and three quarter stars. That match, I enjoyed that much more than the Samoan SWAT team Dynamic Dudes. Okay, that was three stars. So okay. Sting versus Iron Sheik. Is, is a nothing match and it's two minutes and a scorpion deathlock so i know star they got a dud ah, a dud okay. racing yeah um i've just been attacked by a dog <laughs> it's funny you should mention this i've just yeah. realized there's two cats in the bedroom behind me oh and, and one of them's running around like an idiot trying to get out and the other one doesn't even live yeah. here yeah 
Oh god, she's got something in her mouth. What is that? Yuck, dirt. Um, <laughs> right, did nothing for Iron Sheik and Sting. No, right. right. Flair versus, uh, no, yeah, Flair versus Steve all the stars. Yeah, five stars. I yeah, think they all, all got all three of those matches got five yeah. stars. I think. Um, LOD versus the Varsity Club. Again, I, I guess a, a star and a half. I would say. Three and a half stars. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, obviously he was a big fan. Uh, and then the last match, uh, Doug, Eddie Gilbert, Rick Steiner against uh, Sullivan and Spivey. I, that's like half a star, surely. That can't be well. Two and a half stars. I think he was just on a high from the Flair Steamboat match. He's like, I'll give I, everybody. I, I think he just loves Kevin Sullivan. Maybe. He's a big fan of that gimmick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? Right. So that is pretty much it. Um, in a minute, I'll get Cy to plug all his hundreds of different wearers and shows and stuff. Next week, it's going to be me and Chris Bellis talking about a show I'd never seen before. ECW Hardcore Heaven in the year 2000 which okay. features Jerry Lynn versus RVD, oh, yeah. Rhino versus Sandman, and the main event of um, Lance Storm versus Just Incredible. So that should be interesting. And mm. Chris is top man, one man's meet, and yeah. acceptable yeah, in the 90s. and RVD, Jerry Lynn, man. That's some good yeah, stuff. That, that should is be good. Stuff. And we got Chris Bellis' lovely Hull accent that's on the show, so that'll be good. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, I was going to call you, Chris, then. So where are uh, where can we find everything? Uh, anything I'm involved in, you can find via the network that all my shows are a part of, I guess. And that's at SJP World Media on Facebook and Twitter and any of your podcast players, platforms, providers and all that stuff there. And that's you know, Nitro Nights looking at old school WCW, Chain Wrestling live on a Monday. Um, I do a show with Dan Griffin looking at Doctor Who. We have The Waiting Room looking at Quantum Leap. There's loads of stuff on there. And then loads of shows that are even better because they don't contain my voice so <laughs> yeah at sjp world media is the best place to find links to all of that stuff my friend right i almost forgot we, we've got our quiz to uh to get oh, the yes. answers to as well yes where's my notebook on there is right so i want to hear you say the names of these bands so did you write down the names did you write i down didn't i just wrote false okay. true, right whatever. so um i think the first one was well, i'll tell you what the ones which are so uh aborted hitlercock is a false. real band. Really? It's a real band. It's a real oh, band. Yeah. yeah, it's a real band. Um, the first person to see an elephant. Yeah. What do you get for that? Which one's that? Number two? Uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you, the, the boys, boys and girls, girls at home. At home. So, so, yeah. yeah. So the um the first person to see an elephant is a real band. Aborted Hitlercock is a real band. Okay. Nest of Evil is a fake band. Couch Slut is a fake band. And what was the last one? The last one was um, Scrotum Grinder. Right. Real band. Oh, uh, I think I've got like one out of six right. Okay. Satan's got... Almighty Penis is it? I don't know. I'm not sure I said that. But these these are real bands. Satan Satan's Almighty Penis is, is a Evil Edna's Horror Toilet is a real band. And we'll finish off with Ass Pounder. <laughs> that is a real band. That's a real band. That's a real, and that's named my dog as well. So yeah. Is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, thank you everybody for for listening today, for for supporting the show. Yeah, it always helps. Go and subscribe wherever you subscribe, and you can leave a review if you want. Well, leave a good one. Don't leave a shit one. Um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch and tell us how long a ball lives for, you can let us know on uh, Twitter or the email address which I butchered earlier on. Uh, and there's a Facebook page which I don't ever 
go on. So don't bother about that. Um, so yeah, but thank you very much, guys. Oh, I almost forgot. What um what TV theme are we going to play out with? Sorry. Oh, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I, it's funny because I think of themes all the time, music all the time. But when I'm put on the spot, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Uh, but I was always a bit partial to the theme to Baywatch, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So was I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday afternoons. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And we're uh, it's almost summer, isn't it? So ah, sort of. And we both live fairly not too far away from the sea. Yeah, I guess. Don't we? So yeah, close enough. Just imagine me and Sai running running down Western Beach in our um, red speedos with uh, those little things floats carrying their arm. To uh, I always thought they were this. more dangerous than helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, I'm not really sure what the point of those. Nah, not no, not really. So imagine me, Sai, and David Hasselhoff running down Western from all, <laughs> all the donkey shit and condoms in the water and uh, and yeah. And we'll see you next week. Uh, thank you, Sai. Thank you, everybody, and take care. Bye bye.